and welcome to the inaugural episode of The Potato Files. I am your host, Jeff Paul, known as the human potato of comedy. I'm uh, sitting here. My first guest ever is the one and only, the great, the fabulous, Mr. Rob Pugh. How are you doing today, Rob? Woo! Woo! Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Um, you seem very excited. That's good. I'm happy, yeah. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm testing out my, uh, my new radio voice. It sounds good. It's rich. <laughs> Oh God! I um, <clears throat> this is the Potato Files. That's what I decided to name this because you decided to name me the Potato. <laughs> <laughs> so that's nice. <laughs> I know Potato. It somewhat came from my physical appearance, but wasn't it just some nickname you tried on somebody and it didn't work? Oh, it worked. It's a, <laughs> and, that's, and you share the same there's another sort s- of genus with them, right? <laughs> you just you kind of wear the same skin suit. There's, a, there's another spot out there. Brad Brigani. <laughs> Grade nine. Brad the original potato. The original potato. Hunter Collins always fights that he uh, he came up with the potato. What I will credit Hunter with is the human potato of comedy. Yep. That's, uh, that's a nice moniker he gave me. And yep. then... Um, it somehow translated to, uh, I got introduced on the CBC as the human potato of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> that was a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that made grandma proud. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't really know what this podcast is about yet. We're going to try to uh, dig deep, dissect lives, yeah. figure it out. You know, we're... Uh, we're the we're hard making, questions. Yeah, Let's get into questions. it. Frost Nixon. That's gonna, what this is this about. This is very uh, Paul Pugh. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Pugh. Sounds like you probably have a cousin named So that. who'd you gun last night? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, we're going to try and dissect our guests week after week and uh, just see what makes them them. And uh, we're going to start with Rob. So Rob. Beauty. First question, man. Where were you born? Let's get right down to, you know, where were you conceived? Where did your dad <laughs> blow his load? Oh, my God. <laughs> Never pictured my dad <laughs> blowing the load. But uh, I believe he did it for uh, his first child, <laughs> namely me, in Chilliwack, B.C. Chilliwack, B.C. Gong, 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 gong. You said so his first child, how many uh, How has he got? Three. Three? All the same mother? No. Yeah, you got a, you got a whole mix of crazy yeah, I bag a, of... Yeah, I got, a, I got a bag of moms. Bag of moms? I got a bag of moms. My brother <laughs> and sister have the same mom, uh, and that's my... St- Step was my first stepmom. First stepmom. When did uh? So you were the first born. How many <laughs> yeah. years until Dad started uh, spreading the seed elsewhere? I was ten when my sister was born. Oh so, shit! Yeah. Are you close with your siblings? Uh, very much so. Yeah, I love my sister. Love my brother. Yeah, they're great. I mean, I try and get out to Alberta as much as I can where they are. But your uh, your brother um, has some uh, issues with the law from yeah, time yeah. to time. Yeah, he's he's hardcore. Yeah, you know what I mean, what's, everybody's uh, got a black sheep, and you think you think it'd be the comic. See, my brother's just an asshole. He's not <laughs> a criminal. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I would love if he was a criminal. <laughs> I would love if my brother was just an asshole. <laughs> you can't leave a car in our driving our driving space without. Uh, <laughs> oh, where'd Mike take it now? See, when uh, uh, me and my buddy, we were the guys in high school that always got called when a teacher locked their keys in their car. Yeah, we'd get called over the PA to go. Uh, to go Jim, break in. Go Jimmy the car open. <laughs> <laughs> That's how everybody knows, right? Yeah, yeah. pull us out of class. <laughs> yeah. So the criminals to the office, please. The criminals to the office. So he's a, he's a petty thief? He's no, a, no grand larceny? He's a car thief. A car thief, eh? He's a car thief. Is he practicing or is he... Uh, I think he's out of the biz now. I think he's biz? learned his lesson. Yeah, you know, he was, he was Prison young. Time? No, luckily we have uh, with some good enough friends that he managed to duck doing any of that and i stole my mom's car when i was 15 and uh a a cop pulled in front of me to get to you know get in front of me and he caused me to drive the side into this little pole Uh and it fucked up my mom's car and of course the cop steered you off the road kind of like uh really it wasn't uh, it was in a it was in a parking lot oh and he just came whipping in because we were like whatever yeah we were on a tear through st Catharines, ontario there you go and then uh, he came and he, he turned in front of me and I turned and I hit this pole to the side of the car and he just tried to convince my mom to have me arrested for car theft and then insurance would pick it up. What? Yeah. My mom's like, I'm not arresting my own son. So. Yeah. No but doubt. She, she did. Uh, she, she picked me up twice from the police and yeah. then she said the third time, the third time you're going to spend the night. And I, I spent one full night in, uh, in the old Gray Bar Motel. Wow. I, uh, I asked for... Um, 
I asked for toilet paper. I didn't need to shit. I just needed a pillow. It helps. Yeah. It just, there's <laughs> no there's no pillows. They don't care about your comfort in jail. No, it's just a metal bed. It's a metal bed. And it's so cold. <laughs> they should give you a little snuggie or something. Okay, so your brother is now reformed. He's a... He's a he's, law-abiding citizen. He's trying his best, you know. He, he he's can, doing he can vote still. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah, lucky kid. Lucky kid. He's, you know, he grew up on the harder side of things. And, um, yeah. Well, did you guys grow up? I guess you didn't grow up together. If he, no, we grew up separately. Yeah. So he's 12 years younger than you, did you say? Yeah. And I, so I grew up with my, uh, I grew up with my dad and new stepmom after whatever year that was, 1991 or something, 92 or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, I was an only child through my teens and. Doing that and traveling. And how you said you're close now? Did you, you reconnected with these? I stayed in touch with them. You I made it touch? a point my whole life to stay in touch with them and and make sure that that was a a thing to do. All right. And your uh, your old stepmom, you still like? Uh, I still call her mom to this day. She's oh, that's my nice. mom. Yeah, she's the one that raised me. I think if you raise a kid for yeah, thirteen yeah, yeah. years, you you're a parent. I've got a stepmom. Uh, love her to death. She's a great woman. I've never called her mom though, just because yeah. I, I met her when I was fifteen. Well, new stepmom, I do the same thing. Well, like she's got a name, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And I call her like, that. I can't, you can't meet somebody and then. Uh, but she's been every bit as mom as the yeah. other moms have been. Yeah, and- no, my my, my stepmom uh, just she's been great to me forever. Like she wasn't a, it wasn't an evil story or anything. She was just a. And that's what people she's a think. Good person. That's what people think about uh, step parents yeah. is that you're you're going to be some sort of I don't care about this kid. I'm sort of in it for. Yeah, it. But yeah. they're fine. They're great. And they no, she turn- actually she called me tonight. We had a 20 minute conversation. I couldn't get her off the phone. Right. And your dad. You <laughs> you got to struggle to talk to the old man. What are you doing? I don't care. You know, how are the penguins? My dad always passes me to my stepmom because yeah. he, he doesn't know how to end the conversation. He's just like, yeah, you want to talk to the boss? I'm yeah. Like, okay. Pass yeah. her on. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's good. Hey. <laughs> yeah, the weather's good. Everything's good, Dad. Great. What about Bio Mom? Where's uh... Bio Mom is out in Halifax or a suburb of Halifax? There, she's she was a lifer in the military, Canadian Armed Forces. And how old were you when she disappeared? Though I didn't ever know her until I was twenty-seven. And she just showed up to one of your shows. Twenty-seven. She got a hold of me and get this on MySpace. <laughs> Like, hi, Mom. Thanks, you know? Tom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 right? Tom. <laughs> Thanks, Tommy. Yeah, so as she gets a hold of me on there, and I was a little gobsmacked. And then the first time I actually met her, met her, was at the Halifax Comedy Festival. She was just kind of outside of a show. And I, I don't know if you've ever, you know, well, most people haven't, you know, been uh, reunited with her bio parents. And, but I yeah. just, I recognized her right away. I was like, yes, you're definitely my mother crazy same it was the crazy eyes <laughs> it's the nuts eyes right i was like oh yeah that's where i get it kira's sister-in-law my girlfriend kira she's got a story of her they had a lost sibling okay. her parents had a kid when they were teenagers and gave it up for adoption then the parents separated them like one one family moved and then they ended up still getting back together after they had given up a child got married started a family and then the son just randomly ran into somebody who was like, you remind me of my friend. And then it turned out that this was the long lost brother. And then when he called the house, the mother was just like, heard his voice for the first time. And she knew exactly who it was. Wow. Like he was like, hello. And he was, she was like, oh my God, Michael. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. There's, there's got to be some sort of science behind that. Because, you know, like I, there's no reason for you to recognize that kind of stuff other than. Yeah. Well, you. No, there is a reason. You don't want to end up fucking somebody you're yeah, related yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, right? So evolutionary reason, yeah. <laughs> like, your eyes look real familiar. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. Get that cleft chin. and. <laughs> <laughs> so, mom takes off, which mm-hmm. happens. What's home life like? Uh, well, as a kid, yeah. it, was, it was good, surprisingly. You know, my dad. Uh, my dad's pretty hardworking guy you know and he likes to be with a woman that takes care of him as yeah. a lot of guys do you know uh so i like i said i got i got a stepmom in there right away he, he didn't mess around <laughs> didn't mess around found someone else that loved him loved me uh put an ad in the local classifieds <laughs> right we didn't have any money growing up but it was good like we still were happy you know yeah you know there's a lot of people out there with the nuclear families and they, you know they're all so well adjusted and wonderful yeah. but I had a buddy growing up. His uh, his parents, 
I'd see his dad. Every time I was over there, his dad would come home from work and kiss the mom when he got home. And I'm like, what's wrong with your parents? Yeah. My, buddy's like, yeah. my buddy's like, they love each other. Are they hugging, doing the dishes? <laughs> what's, what's going on I'm here? Puke. Why isn't your mom trying to stab your dad with a fork? <laughs> I got that a lot in my house, the stab, fork stabbing. <laughs> We got a uh, we got uh, a lot of silent treatment growing up. Oh yeah, yeah. Between That's the rough. yelling, but yeah. like after the yelling stopped, you wouldn't hear something for four days. Wow, <laughs> yeah. what I wouldn't have given. <laughs> yeah, uh, you still talk to your dad? I do very much so. Yeah, we talk from three four times a week. Three four times a week, eh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, daddy's boy. Definitely. I communication with my dad is less since he figured out how to text. <laughs> yeah, right. But he, he does, it's uh, actually it could be more communication, but less hearing his voice. Yeah. But um, who does have to hear his voice is Siri. Every time he yells a text message, into <laughs> <laughs> doesn't check the spelling either. Yeah. He's like, well, she got it. Yeah. Send away. <laughs> I said, fuck you, Jeff. <laughs> to delete the I said. Oh, Don't fuck. print delete I said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what kind of kid were you growing up, though? Were you a little badass, a little rebel? No, I was uh, pure hockey, man, all the time. It was just uh, it was a game, just get to the games. You know, when you're going through stuff uh, as a kid like that, you just kind of want to be distracted. And I think yeah. that was where I was at with it. So I was always at the rink or playing basketball. That was, or- that was me, like, early years. I'm, like, yeah. very f- sports-focused. And then, like, once uh, the teenage years started creeping in, it was... Uh, you- I started getting away from that. and Oh, yeah. You I remember, remember your first relationship? I always had a... Like, you a, date a girl in junior high or something? Well, I always had, like, girlfriends, like, from junior kindergarten. Oh, I'm like, wow. that's my girlfriend. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember uh, I remember playing hockey, and uh, we got... Me and two other guys on the team got drunk the night before, and wow. we had an early morning practice. We showed up, Oof. and... Uh, our coach knew that coach could smell liquor on us, so he sent us home. And I had to tell my dad I got sent home from peewee hockey for being drunk. Wow, thirteen uh, years old and, and then, shittered. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like it was travel hockey, so it was like it was like when they try to teach you how to be serious, you know, like uh, yeah. so you have to wear a suit to games, stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. When you're twelve years old, it was pretty stupid. I then. remember my <laughs> first Sears suit. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was totally Sears. <laughs> I got Big it from shoulder my, pads yeah, I got with brass it from buttons. My grandfather's funeral. We all went to Sears. Like, <laughs> yeah. Grandpa died. Let's get some suits. <laughs> <laughs> Go suit shopping, Grandpa Dad. <laughs> my old man, he buys the same suit every time he needs one. He just because he keeps growing out of them. He's a right. he's a growing boy. Sure. So he's just every time his gut pops a few buttons off one he goes and gets the exact same suit he's like yeah i've been wearing this thing 20 years (laughs) (laughs) they've been pumping out the same model at sears uh yeah but i anyway i had to read a uh an apology letter to my team like i had to stand in the dressing room and me and two other guys uh we had to sit in there and read our letters we wrote really yeah wow at 13 years old you you had to go, I'm sorry for getting drunk. Yeah, sorry for getting drunk, guys. It was unprofessional showing up here. Are your team captain's like, if this doesn't stop now, <laughs> I'm never talking to you again. Yeah, yeah. It was like uh, days and confused. I had to sign the pledge to my team. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> oh, it's awful. Yeah. What are you going to do, though, eh? Oh, man. I, I got told, like, I didn't do any of that stuff until I was 18, and then it went off the tracks. What about um, growing up? Like you were good at sports? Uh-huh. Uh, just hockey you played? I played hockey, rugby, basketball was my other real talent. I how were the, how were the academics? Did you uh, Were you good in school? or Good until I started caring about women, and then it all went away. Like high school was a wash. Oh. I don't think I even went to class in high school. Yeah, just I, did enough to get the credits to pass sort of deal. I, I was given most of my credits. They're like, just get out of here. Right? Like, they didn't want me around. I took three theater courses just because <laughs> it was a guaranteed 15 yeah. a year. I took a lot of shop classes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Bong. I was thrown out <laughs> of two schools just because I was... I wasn't oh. a, I wasn't a bad kid. I just was wasn't, wasn't there. a good one. I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I wasn't fucking shit up, but I was just somewhere getting high and drunk instead of going to class. Yeah, and that's because like <clears throat> my parents divorced when I was the summer I was going into grade nine, and I yeah. moved out with my mom. Like, what are you gonna do? Great. <laughs> yeah, right. Good luck stopping this train. <laughs> oh god. I mean, you got all the cheese and lunch meat in the fridge, but uh, I'm out of here. I run roughshod over you, lady. 
Yeah, I remember my mom, uh, we moved into this two, no, three bedroom apartment. It was nice. We still had our own bedrooms. And uh, I remember she used to catch me smoking butts all the time and mm-hmm. smoking dope because there's nowhere to hide and you're in a little apartment. Yeah. And uh, she would just like yell at me and then that was it. Like there was never any, like, I'm like, okay, I got to deal with her yelling. Yeah. And then I'm good to do whatever. Yeah. You just got, <clears throat> she just put in the. Let's just do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got it. It's in the I, parent manual. I play because my parents were divorced and one town away from each other. I was back and forth like, fuck you. I'm going to dad's. Yeah. Oh, God. You're oh, yeah. lucky. I couldn't do that. I just I had dad. <laughs> That's what I had. I'm going to bio mom's dad. Where the hell is she? <laughs> so, first stepmom was like when my dad and her split, she's like, you can come stay with me. And my dad is like. You can't. <laughs> that was the end of that conversation. I was like, I can go and live like a unicorn. So yeah. she came in when you were very little. That yeah, like she's two all you remember. Two, one and a half, two. Yeah, I don't even remember anything before. I had a thought on that. It's gone. That's what are you right. gonna do though? That's all right, man. <laughs> the non-nuclear families is very new. Th- it's, you know, it's not new, but it's like in the last thirty years, it's been popular. Oh, like, here's my thought. Parents are together anymore. Um, like, did you know all along she wasn't your real mom? I did, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, because yeah, I outgrew her by 12. She was a tiny, tiny woman. And I just all of a sudden, I'm towering over her. <laughs> What's wrong, Mom? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not your mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was basically the way it went. I was coming home from some soccer something, and uh, she, she was driving the car. I, I can't remember how old I was. I was a child. And she pulls the car over weeping. She's just got to tell me. <laughs> She's like, I'm not your real mom. And I was like... I know. <laughs> we look, we look nothing alike. You know, you don't even, you don't have to have to be uh, versed in biology or yeah. any of that to just know. You just, oh, well, of course you're not. There's no mistaking. Like I've got both my parents' traits. Yeah. People see me and they're like, oh my god, you're Chris Paul's kid. They know. Right. Just seeing me, whose kid I am. Oh yeah, I met a friend of ours, uh, Robbie Bebenek's, uh parents this weekend. It's easy. Uh, easy. Easy to see where he comes yeah, from yeah, right yeah. away. I was like, wow, <laughs> you and your pops, huh? Yeah, I, I saw, he's posted a picture of his dad, and she's like, yeah, that's that's you, Rob. Yeah, fire hydrant. Uh-huh. So um, when you didn't get in trouble, you, did you start getting in trouble when you were a teenager? Like when you started going away from... I was always just mouthy. If I got in trouble for anything, it would be mouthy, and that's still the same. Were you a scrapper? Yeah, always pretty scrappy. The mouth gets you in trouble, and then you end up having to fight. So. I had two older brothers, so... My mouth, my, my mouth got them in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> my mouth got my cousin in a lot of trouble. Oh, my cousin got my uh, my mouth got my cousin beat up, beat up. He'll never let me live that down. He's a tiny guy too, but I we kind of sound the same. Were you bigger than all like the kids? Like, cause you're a I'm t- I was you're taller. A, you're a tiny ape like man. My brother's a, a a big thick dude. Like he's not tall, but he's. He's big. He's really big. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a fire hydrant. He's got that Ukrainian side in him too, where he's just a bit of a fire hydrant. So, don't want to mess with those guys. You know? Yeah. 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 Were you were you the bully though, or uh, some days and some days no? I mean, I was a hockey player that was also in theater. Yeah. So, I mean, I got ragged probably in the dressing room more than I got ragged at school. But at school, I probably let it you know let it out more than i should have at some points we were i wasn't a bully but i uh i i, I was a, i was a very loud like i i would chirp a lot of people yeah. and just like oh, i feel that yeah. we probably would hung out <laughs> 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 you're gonna yell at this guy yep it's gonna be sweet <laughs> what about the uh when did the ladies start coming into effect God, you know, I've always loved falling in love man <laughs> i remember i remember grade one I was just like you, you know what I mean? I always wanted a girlfriend, but this girl, this girl, I can't, can't remember her name, but she she got on the slide and she rode down the slide. She had no underwear on. <laughs> that was my first peek at a vagina. And I was seven and I saw a seven-year-old's vagina at seven. And that's okay. And I was... That is okay. I remember when I, I uh, grade one, um, this girl was wearing this like loose tank top and I could just see her grade one nipple. Yeah. And I remember being a kid... Being very excited. Oh, very like, excited. Oh, my. I know I got in trouble in kindergarten for exposing myself to one of the little girls. <laughs> See, I don't think I ever went that far. That's it. And that's where that stopped. <laughs> that's where my lechery stopped. I learned right then, maybe don't do this. <laughs> I, got, I got in a lot of trouble for that. I think I got smacked by a daycare worker for that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. this is uh, going into high school then. You're uh, you a ladies' man or? Nope. Uh, I dated one girl in high school, 
and I had no time for anybody else. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I had a curfew, uh, was healthy living. I was ter- I just wanted to play in the NHL. That was the whole dream. That or stand-up comedy was really where it was at for me. When did you realize you're not going to make the NHL? Oh, you realize it early. Yeah. <laughs> but you never let go of no, it, you know I, what I mean? I think I realized it early, like, because I had... Uh... My one brother, that's all he wanted. Mm-hmm. My oldest brother, he wanted the NHL. Yeah. But he didn't have the skill for it. Yeah. He had the drive. My middle brother had all the skill for it, no drive. Yeah, yeah. So he was just like, yeah, whatever, I don't yeah. need this. Um, and up comes the tater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was just like, <laughs> I was always good at sports, but I didn't really give a shit, you know? Like, yeah. once I, once Pee I remember my second year Pee Wee, uh, we had this coach and he Coached like he, it was the NHL, like he right. pushed and drove us, and yeah. like just ease it back there, yeah. pal. We're and then, 13. Uh, yeah, and I would, I would start making excuses not to go to practice. Like he was one of those. If you didn't like, if you skated down the ice and then you came back and you coasted from the hash marks, mm-hmm. you're doing it again. Like he wanted you riding right to that line, line, to line. line and to then line. just hitting the brakes. And I hated it. And then yeah. I remember I, I just didn't want to be there. And he knew I didn't want to be All there. All those conversations, if you didn't want to be there, you got in the car with your old man, and he's like, well, how do you want to be here? What am I paying for? Yeah, gas, well, that's blah, the thing. Blah, blah, my, blah. my dad was a hockey dad yeah. who wanted me there. Yeah. And then I remember I remember getting the call from this coach mid-season, and he's like, we're sending you down to house league. And I was like, thank you very much. <laughs> and then went down to house league, and I was just the best player ever yeah. and just had fun playing. Oh, man. And Somebody then, who told me I was going to house league, I would have snapped. I would have been a 13-year-old with a belt around his neck jerking off. Well, that's the thing. I didn't care at that point. <laughs> and then I remember the next year in Bantam, I went out, I tried out for the A-team, and yeah. I was just chirping the whole time just having a good time but still playing yeah and the coaches took me aside they're like listen you're a good player but you just don't seem to want to take this serious they're like could you ease off if you want to ease off on the jokes we'll have you on the team i'm like nah i'm good in house league man i was just happy yeah well fair enough if you're contented stick with it you know but i you know i had these big dreams well how far did you go in uh in hockey i played junior a was as far as i ever got and then you, did you know by then that uh, that's as far as you're going? Well, I mean, you come to a decision at that point. I mean, like, you, you start to think, well, I can go to, I could probably go play some semi-pro in Europe and, and go play some Div 2 over there and then kind of work up and then maybe come back, play some EC and be a suitcase sort of thing. You yeah. Know? And just work your way up to maybe you get three games in the NHL just to fulfill that childhood yeah. dream. And yeah. it just seemed like it hurt. You know, like I was like, ah, you know, I'm not Gretzky. Uh, yeah. And it's, you know, so, and plus I, since 13, I think comedy, stand-up comedy was so big in North America with the Caroline's Comedy Hour and Bud doing the improv stuff. Uh, I, I really wanted was to it? do a comedy early. It was just calling to you early. Yeah, I was I, already, I already I had remember when I was a kid, it. I wanted to do it. And I, like, it took me so long to actually do it, but yeah. whatever, 10 wasted years, I'm making up for it now. What about, um... So you're not a ladies' man, but you're playing hockey. Yeah. You were getting laid playing hockey, though? When I started playing hockey, yeah. That came How old were you when you lost your virginity? 18. Fuck, bud. What's the holdup? I know. <laughs> I know. How long did you last? Oh. <laughs> Real quick. It was bad. Uh, it wasn't, no, the first time I didn't think I, I didn't think it finished like that. I think we were just both like, God, this is a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, it was a house party. Uh, we kind of been seeing each other through the school year on and off. And it was at Sneak the end of the... Sneak off to a room. We snuck off to a bathroom, right? Oh, God. I used to have a joke about it. I used to... I put the put her in the sink. <laughs> right? And then I boosted hey. her legs up to her chest. But I, uh, she screamed. The whole joke is I, I bumped on the hot water tap and burnt her ass. <laughs> but it's not a joke. I, <laughs> I did burn her ass. Um, oh, that's great. And that was the way that ended. You know, like... Just ow, and it's not because of you. It's because of the tap. Yeah. Was there uh, was there wild uh, like if you're playing junior A, you're traveling around a lot, right? Yeah, you're always in a bus. Is it a lot of wild stories on the road, or like the best one was where it's like a home game. It was my that was my first time in the in the gray room with bars or what did, what did you the call gray it? Gray bar hotel. The gray bar hotel. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, because our our team we were at Sunny's Bar and Grill and. Bonneville, Alberta, after after playing against Lloyd one night, and um, the def- uh, defenseman on our team and his brother goalie got pretty lit up, and they're giant kids. The owner of the bar starts trying to calm them down, and he was always a hands-on guy. We later started doing comedy shows there, which is terrific. But uh, 
uh, they started fighting with the bar owner and then people were jumping in on behalf of the bar owner. And then the rest of the team starts jumping in and our whole team ended up in the clink for a night. <laughs> the whole team, like the whole team. What, what kind of, was it one holding cell or like individuals? Yeah. They stuck us all in. Oh, all that's in a party. Big eh? cell. Yeah. Oh, well, <clears throat> none of us were happy about it. And then our coach comes and gets us out. And, uh, that was a long, very long, very long day. I remember one night, uh, this was, uh, this was years after my mom had left me to stay in the, jail cell i i made a, <laughs> i made a return um in my uh it was my early no mid-20s yeah um it was like a couple weeks before i got married and uh we were married out. to a cop yeah 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 she was not happy I bet. <laughs> but she wasn't a cop when i married her she right. was a i think it's a security guard or something oh, still about the law. yeah but she wanted to be a cop like you're 110 pounds you're not gonna be anything mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she proved yeah. me wrong yeah, good yeah. for her uh but uh we just, uh, me and my buddies used to do this thing where we'd slap each other in the face at the bar. Yeah. Just, just out of nowhere, just boom, just. I love it, slap fight. Yeah, yeah. And then the yeah. bouncers, uh, the bouncers like threw us out of the bar or something. And yeah. they like, I was so drunk, I couldn't even walk. And they like, just pretty much handed me to these cops and <laughs> were just waiting outside the bar. And I like, I broke away from the cops and yeah. tried to run. Yeah. And then just, I was so drunk, I fell into a ditch. <laughs> and they came and pulled me out of the ditch. <laughs> They came and pulled me out of the ditch and fucking handcuffed me. Yeah, of course. And to take me to the drunk tank. And I'm like, yeah. are cuffs necessary, guys? Oh, yeah. Like, you were resisting. Yeah. And then... Um, oh, I resist. I went fish. I was, I was so mad. The whole, the whole drive back, uh, I'm just yelling at the cops. Like, fuck you. You guys fucking uh-huh. bubble. I was calling them uh, Randy and Leahy. Because uh-huh. uh, Trailer Park Boys had just started. Yeah. Like, they're big crazy. So I'm yeah. calling them Randy and Leahy. And then... Uh, and then they uh, they bring me down. There's, it's single cells in St. Catharines, and right. I'm I'm in this cell block, and I'm just screaming at these cops. And the door's shut, and it's like half hour goes by, and they're not uh, they're not Nothing. biting on anything. Finally, the door opens. I'm like, finally, and I can kind of just see down the cell block. Yeah. They're walking in. One of my one of my best friends, this guy's in my wedding party in a couple yeah. weeks, and he's walking in in handcuffs, and he sees me. He's got the biggest smile on his face. I'm like, yes! <laughs> so we're there together. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, we, then they, uh, they ended up, because we got so rowdy because we were in there together, yeah. that um, they called this guy's mom to come pick us up at four in the morning, and oh, we, no. neither of us lived at home. We're in our mid-20s. We're on our own. They call his mom four o'clock in the morning, and they're like... Come get your son and his friend out of here. They won't shut up. <laughs> oh, wow. So they're releasing us, and uh, my buddy's like, wait, are you just going to put us out in the street in this condition? And the guy goes, no, your mom's here to pick us up. And he's like, you called my fucking mom? He's yeah. like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> and then uh, he threw the ticket in the cop's face, $70 for our stay in the Gray Bar Hotel. Oh, my God. Yeah, we didn't even get breakfast. And what did the cop do after you threw the in his face. He just fucking, he didn't do anything. I remember when they were booking, or no, oh when God. they were releasing us, they had this, there was this uh, electric strip on the wall. There's like two handprints and two footprints on the floor where you're supposed to stand while they frisk you. Like put your hands on the handprints, put your feet on the footprints. Right. And then on the wall, there's an electric strip. So if you're getting, if you're getting out of control, they push you into it and they zap you. What? Yeah, yeah. So they're releasing us. And me and my buddy were trying to push each other into this. We were so drunk just trying to electrocute each other. It was, uh, we <laughs> just did taste oh, each yeah, other. We didn't give a shit. Man. Ah. And then my, uh, my, my future wife, uh, she showed up back at my buddy's place. Who uh, looks like me. Yeah, yeah. She, she kind of, kind of looks like you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quit fucking my sister, man. <laughs> she nice her tits, though. <laughs> oh. But yeah, she was not not impressed. No, of course what she wouldn't What are you going to do? Hey, jail's jail, man. You got to do it. You change religion, you know what I mean? Get a face tattoo. <laughs> I, joined the, I joined the Muslim crew when right? I was in there. You got to. You got to. You want to live? <laughs> uh, but you uh you never uh you never spent spent any time in the clink <laughs> i have with the team i spent Just that, that one night uh halifax i spent a night there um i was working the yuck yucks and the guy that was running that at the point was just a little barney rubble <laughs> run his mouth motherfucker inside we had to he got in my ear after the show about what he thought of me and and he wouldn't stand in front of me. I kept feeling his chin on my shoulder, <laughs> you know, just poking and poking and poking. And and so instead of maiming him, I broke their door. Like I broke the whole club door. I just <laughs> destroyed it. And then I went to the front desk of the hotel and paid the bill for the broken door. 
which is 360 bucks. I was like, yeah, like that's a lot for a door. But I paid it. And then I was like, I'm out of here, you know? So I walk out the, walk out the front door and there's a, there's a cop there, right? Like he's just ready to take me to jail. Fuck. Yeah. He's like, get, get in the back. He's basically at the door open. My buddy starts trying to go to jail with me and saying horrible things to the cops. I'm like, just shut up. Go get us another hotel Was there a charge or just a... No, he just said drunk. Yeah. You know, drunk in public, he caused him problems. He just thought I was being overly aggressive. It's like, I stopped from murdering a guy. Instead, I broke a door and paid for it. And I guess that's not enough in Halifax. Did you move a lot around a lot when you were a kid? Tons, yeah. Army brat slash hockey player slash... Where are you when you start stand-up? Like, how old are you the first time you... Uh... Well, the first time I did my first actual stand-up routine, it's not paid. My first paid stuff was in Edmonton out mm-hmm. of Showgirls yeah. uh, strip club. But my first comedy routine was with a buddy of mine. I was 13 and I, we did a talent show. And you're always going to lose to the, the Asian girl that plays the piano. <laughs> they, you're always going to lose. They're good. So good. <laughs> and we had, you know, like sophomoric, like little uh, dink jokes. You know what I mean? And I think the movie goes. It was goes, actual stand-up comedy? Yeah. We did a duo act. You know, we dressed as homeless Dressed as uh, homeless guys, and we came into the auditorium from uh, opposite directions to the Aerosmith song, Don't Get Mad, Get Even. <laughs> Had our shopping carts and plaid shirts and toques on. And <laughs> and so we sort of did this, like I guess, like a Bob and Doug sort of thing without the hey oh hey yeah. you know? And uh, um, we did a little duo act, made fun of a couple teachers, and were kind of irreverent. And it was fun, like right from there. And we'd been talking about Kennison and Foxworthy were huge then. Those two were what year lighting is this? up the... Wow. 90? 1990? Yeah, okay. somewhere around 90. Yeah, so it was just like those those guys were huge to us. And Who, even, who's those dice back then? Sure, yeah, right. And we, everybody, he was already in the legend and yeah, passed yeah. into legend. And even that 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 dink uh, Jeff Dunham with the puppets, right? The <laughs> jalapeno was, on a stick. He, he was around back then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jalapeno on a stick. Is that the guy? Is that the guy? Maybe I'm saying it's the wrong guy, but Jeff I always think... he's got the he's got the puppets. Yeah. The, uh, the little racist puppet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you mean he's got the jalapeno on a stick? It I've never seen the jalapeno like a jalapeno on a stick. Guy. It's just it's the Mexican that's a jalapeno <laughs> on a stick. It's racist. Anyways, but so we saw that stuff and we we're just like, well, we yeah, I'd love to do this, you know. And mm-hmm. that's the same around time that I think CBC's comics was starting to pump stuff out. And I don't know if you remember watching that early stand up on TV where Yeah, I I remember like watching it and i'm just blown away yeah i'm like whoa people can do this yeah yeah because i was always like the jokester the class clown stuff like that but uh you never really think you could do that you know yeah and then what was your first album you had yeah oh the first comedy album i had my first and this is this is weird but like i mean the first things that i ever listened to as a kid my grandpa had bill cosby himself that album's terrific Despite what the the guy did with the rest of his life, when I was a kid, I really loved it. I mean, he mm-hmm. had that that whole um, beer drinkers, wine drinkers, the how the drugs differ affect you. You know, yeah, like, yeah. cocaine intensifies your personality. Yeah, but what if you're an asshole? Sort of bit. Uh, all that stuff hit me hard, you know. And then uh, right after that, it was uh, Carlin and Jim Carrey were right because Jim Carrey started to explode with In Living Color. I was never right a Living Color guy. I was always SNL. But, like, when I got right. into SNL, it was, like, I guess late 80s, early 90s. It was, oh, like, yeah. the Hartman crew, like, Hartman, awesome Neil, crew. and they were, they were the older guys than, like, Sandler and Farley and Spade and Schneider and all those guys. So funny. What a crew, right? Like Yeah. The- Dennis Miller was Weekend Update guy. I loved him as Weekend yeah. Update guy. I guess I never really looked at them as the same thing, right? I always just saw Jim Carrey and um, uh, David Allen Greer and uh, Damon... Um, Damon Wayans. Damon Wayans used to crack me up doing the men on film. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then Homie the Clown. And then whatever Jim would do with his Ver- Vera de Milo or, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But Jamie Foxx with Wanda. And I, I mean, that shit blew me away. I don't know. I've always, in my life, I've always been a one or the other. Like, if I'm like, I, I'm an SNL fan, so I'm not even going to give right. that. Like, yeah. And I remember, like, when Mad TV tried to start, oh, I watched a couple. I, I you know, maybe I'm the same way, I guess, because I was like, no, bye, Mad. They're rebooting it now. So. Ew. Yeah, well. It was a terrible show. It's just sketch. Yeah. 
They just uh, you just got to get the right people. Any sketch can be funny if they get the right people. Fair enough. Like people are always like sketch sucks, stand up comedy like. Some sketch is great. Yeah, some sketch is great. The ratio of good sketch to good. Uh, We're to, never going to say this in front of your. No, 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 no. I would never tell her sketch is good, but I think the ratio of special lady. She's she's my fucking lady friend, man. (laughs) Um, The ratio of bad sketch to good sketch is the same as bad stand up to good stand up. Sure. There's always going to be shit. And if you are in the wrong rooms watching the wrong shit, you're going to watch awful stuff. And then that's going to be your preconceived notion. That's what I the shit thing about stand up is there's. So much 50 shit. shows going on every night and yeah, two of them are good. Yeah. And yeah. then people go and they're like, I went to see stand up and well, the good comics are going to always want to go to where other good comics are so that you can get better. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to feel good about yourself or you just want to work out words and you go to whatever room. Yeah, of course, yeah. But I mean, big fish, small pond. No one wants to feel bad about themselves after hanging their souls on a line. You want some. You want some feedback. You want some positivity from it. So you go to the good rooms. What's the what's the scene like? What, okay, after you're 13, you yeah. do this little routine. When do you actually think like you're going to go out and do stand-up? I finished playing hockey in Bonneville. Literally five days later, I was on stage yeah. doing, doing an amateur night. Whereabouts? I did it at Yucks, the, my first amateur night. And uh, uh, it was Yucks in Edmonton on uh, Bourbon Street, West Edmonton Mall. Anyone uh, you started with uh, still kicking around, or who was on that stage that's still around? Uh, B- Welby Santos, I suppose, is probably kind of around. He's um, yeah, I think he's still doing it, but he's probably not not to be heard from. There wasn't a lot out there. There was uh, Rob Ross had already come out out east here. He was a few years ahead of me, and and the rest of the crew, you know, like and, and the rest of the guys that are from Alberta weren't even starting yet it's the billens the pete anthony's and brett martins they were did you hit the ground running or did you like because I, I, I was horrible for I, the first well i years. did i did a set and then just i didn't really do anything for two years right and like every couple months i'd show up and like hit an open mic yeah and then it was actually hunter collins was like hey man don't just show up every now and again and do this like either do it or fucking get the hell out of the way yeah yeah and i was like okay so that's that was smart. Like, yeah it was like six years ago and then i was like okay yeah. let's start Let's make the plan. Get busy living, get busy dying. <clears throat> yeah, uh, it's, Brooks was here, baby. Yeah, you got to you got <laughs> to keep it up. If you, I mean, you stop it, you you don't learn anything. But uh, I don't know. I got, I just got right into it. I just dove head first. What's the scene like where you where you started in Edmonton? There was eight comics when I started, so you were on every week. Yeah, you could do and just club shows. Like you told you me, you could once. do the yucks, but I did. We started making money right away. Like it wasn't hard to make money. You, you if you had a car in fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. you could make some money. Well, you're telling me uh, you told me once that you used to just go to karaoke nights and just sign up. I was aggressive. Yeah, I wanted to get out of Edmonton so bad, so I go to karaoke nights and sign up for a song and then not sing the song and just do you my just stand-up. talk over the music. Yeah, but you said the guy eventually started. It would t- it took two or three times at some of them, and then they'd be like, just shut the sound off. And, and the guy'd take a break. He'd go pee, have a smoke or whatever, and I'd give him his break. And as long as you weren't brutal, he'd yeah. be like, you can come back and do this. Don't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't want eight yeah, comics yeah, here yeah, doing yeah. the thing, you know. Yeah. You're, you're a little thing. Twice a night, Edmonton, I was up after, like, when I was 22. I was getting up two, three times a night all over the city doing stuff like that. I mean, but I'd captive audiences and people that were listening so and how old were you uh you go down to san francisco comedy festival how old were you when you did this 24 24 so you're how many Child, six, 12 years ago six years into comedy though yeah okay yeah. and you win it yeah you're the first canadian yeah not the youngest person ever won it though mm, i don't think so no. only still only canadian to win that i think so I didn't know if Jerry D had won it or maybe he has. I don't really keep an eye on it, but uh, and you just uh, how do you get down to San Francisco? Because you got no money, right? Oh, buddy, like, oh, that trip is so. That two years was amazing. So I start in my friend who who I'd kind of come up in comedy with in Edmonton, buddy Marty of mine that doesn't do it anymore. He's steel stud framer out in Vancouver, but uh, he moved to New York. He just went. I'm gonna go try and find my dream. You know. And uh, big heart, big nuts on that kid. And he got a job renovating hostels. So he said, come to New York. You can you can stay in my room, right? And there's bunk beds. We're basically just taking care of these hostels and bed and breakfast. I was like, great. So I go to New York after my first time at Just for Laughs, which was the homegrown competition. 
I literally hop on a bus. How'd you Sunday. do in that competition? I finished third. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Ryan Wilner, Matt Billen year. Okay. Yep. Uh, and then hopped on a bus and went over the border to New York. I had a, uh, how dated is this? I had a photocopy of my birth certificate. <laughs> Come on in. Yeah. All pre 9-11. Yeah. Enjoy Merca. <laughs> so I get down there and do, uh, do that stuff. And, um, I, I lived there for a year and, uh, New York's a gym. I mean, you want to get better. You want to get quick at telling jokes. That's the best place I think on earth. I don't even mm-hmm. know why people to go to the west coast to do comedy but uh that's that's where the tv stars come from that's where the tv stars come from and then so out of new york i I bolted to san francisco and just went right at it i was like well let's do it you were sleeping in a park during the competition oh buddy that's (laughs) i showed up in san francisco with just about as much i went to new york with 80 dollars in my pocket and lived like that for the rest of the time (laughs) i was there and then san francisco same thing i showed up had ripped jeans shoes were full of holes one t-shirt had i just got from the montreal comedy fest at comedy network in the middle so i wore that everywhere and uh <laughs> i get to san francisco first two days i got nowhere to stay and i got no money so i end up sleeping out in the park i just put my backpack down and i sleep on it. i'm like well and when you're a kid you don't care you're like you put your arms in your shirt you're like you got a t-shirt did you have a jacket to keep you warm? warm it was, it was warm. San Francisco. Yeah, california it wasn't bad in the summertime so i was ready to roll <laughs> wasn't too bad at all and and then uh, after the first show some guys like are you seriously sleeping out in the park <laughs> yep it's like, you can crash my couch oh nice so who had you know do you know the comic i do now who is uh his name jason um i don't know if i'd does he even do comedy anymore jason white wouldn't wouldn't know but yeah he just he wasn't you know he's in his i think in his 35 40 somewhere around then gray-haired fellas server in in san francisco super sweetheart just let me stay on his couch for the duration of the competition which is pretty lucky i don't think people run into that kind of luck a lot mm-hmm. uh you know and then won that and went to la which is silly just so silly it was it was a rocket how old are you when you get to la same 24 24 and how quick do you get punked it took me a week and a half. Week and a half? Yeah. Show up in LA, week and a half, you're on a TV 11 show. 11 days. <laughs> and a show, popular I TV show, show at that, too. A show. <laughs> it was the most popular, and it was number one. It was, it was, a, it was a phenomenon. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. So I show up in an LA. Uh, this guy had seen me in San Francisco, says, uh, you know, he's from HBO. He says, oh, his name's Bart Coleman. He shows me around LA, uh, lets me meet some managers, takes me to meet managers and some casting agents inside of the first two days. I meet a manager. We lock it down. I'm psyched. Uh, psyched. I'm still, you know, like I'm glowing. I'm still, yeah, yeah. still dancing, you know. And uh, and then they, he takes me. and goes, okay, let's go to Mad TV. And and so I so I audition for them. And now the people that audition them also audition for MTV. So right there was there. She's like, I think you'd be perfect for this show. Have you seen it? Of course I had. Yeah. So a few days later, I'm in MTV studios going, I can't believe this is, you know, everybody talks about how hard this is. And I'm <laughs> it's like, so easy. Oh, this is the easiest <laughs> thing I've ever done, you know? And of course they're like, okay, okay you got the show, you know? And then they go, uh, well, don't tell anybody. Right. And I'm just, beep, boop, beep, beep, boop. Just, yeah, everybody. <laughs> so, this is pre, uh, pre social media. So you can't just, right? hey, like my status. Could have done that <laughs> for a tight 180 likes. <laughs> Tell all yeah. your friends on MySpace. <laughs> yeah, right. We still had the, I had my Nokia phone. I think I was still rocking. <clears throat> so that was, that was a whirlwind, man. Whirlwind year and a half, two years is just. Whew. You, you think this is it? You think it's just going to keep going and going? You don't really get it right away. Because I auditioned. I lived, I lived in L.A. after that for four years, you know, and I did pilots and auditioned for stuff. Yeah, you were almost Jim from The Office, right? Yeah, I did a ton of auditions for that. Yeah. And I never felt like that part fit me. I just, I think they liked some of the reading that I was doing for it. And you uh, had the hair back then. I did have the hair back then. <laughs> it was all right. You know, the look and everything. And I was still had this kind of like dopey, I'm young and things are going to work out sort of thing going mm-hmm. on. And I mean, you, you know, it's, it still has been great, but you realize very quickly for, you know, four years in still, you're going, how many more times can I go to the Playboy studios to shoot bumpers for TBS film and uh, film and dinner sort of stuff, right? You're making a lot of money at this point? It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I mean, it's, you get what, $500 for a day on a, 
on an indie set sort of thing. Didn't you live in another hostel in L.A.? I did. Yeah, you you were in another hostel? Yeah, I lived in the, the staff quarters at the USA Hostel in Hollywood on Schrader Boulevard. There's comedy shows there still, so yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. they're terrific. But, um, yeah, those people were terrific to me. They gave me, you know, my own room. And and then I flew over my buddy Marty, who I'd lived with in New York, and we, so we palled around L.A. for another couple of years. And Is this when you banged his girlfriend when he was out? Yeah, well, he needed that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you, glad you brought that up. Yeah. It takes a good friend. Right? <laughs> hey, I woke girl, him up. Your girlfriend's a slut. Yeah, How do yeah. you know? Because I just fucked her. Yeah, yeah. I just destroyed her mouth <laughs> in a hostile bathroom. Uh, yeah, well, she'd been cheating on him, and I, and I knew it, and I'd witnessed it. So I was like, well, I'm going to put a nail in this coffin. And <laughs> I did. <clears throat> yeah, old Millie. I'll never forget that lady. <laughs> you got any uh, crazy high times in, uh, in LA stories? Or... Crazy. Yeah, you were having a good time for a... Uh, and um, another friend of ours, Sam Easton, was also down there shooting Underclassmen with Nick Cannon. Whoop-a-daisy. And then <laughs> uh, the FD3. Final so Destination he, 3. Two of the years that we were down there together, he was filming that. And I'm working and writing for Your, Your Mama on Punked and all that sort of Pimp My Ride stuff. And Sammy's cousin, who he's staying with, uh, knows some huge rock stars from the band tool and from nine inch nails and stuff. And they end up watching a show of ours and we discover that they're kind of fans, you know, they're nice to us at least. And we're kids. And they, so we go long story short, they take us to a strip club. First they take us out for dinner. That was the great. And I see swordfish on the menu and the rock stars are like, order whatever you want. And I was like, swordfish. (laughs) It's probably not even that good a thing to have, but I was like, Oh, I've never, you know, I went to swordfish. So I ordered the swordfish and then he takes us out to cheetahs is a strip club in LA. And I can't go to strip clubs anymore. Cause after you You, go with a rock star, after you go with a rock star and see that treatment, you, it's it's, it's hard going with your buddy, right? (laughs) Flicking toonies at a stripper. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just want my keychain and then we're out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, that was probably like, that was probably my happiest, uh, hey, maybe we're going to make it sort of memory. But everything else was work and it's just like it is anywhere else. Yeah. But uh, people get these lofty goals in their heads and it's. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, you don't ever make it. You just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, you got to keep making yeah, it once you make it. There's not a point where you're like, hey, I made it. Let's just let's sit down. Like, yeah, you yeah. don't sit down. Yeah. Gotta keep going. Yeah. I think that's a misconception up here. People are like, oh, I just get to LA, I'll get my show, and then I'll be done. Yeah, no, really. No. You're gonna go there and starve for ten years. Yeah, well, probably. Go, go ask like <laughs> go go check out IMDB for like shows that were around in the nineties. Ask where where are those people now? Yeah. Corey Haim. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, Two he, words. We know where he is. <laughs> <laughs> Feldman's not doing much better. <laughs> oh, Feldman. Feldman and Haim. Yeah, I mean, LA's, LA's where you want to be. If you want to get rich and famous, if you can do that, then do it. But um, mm-hmm. I think uh, when I have to make the jump, the choice, I'm going to New York for sure. It's beautiful. New yeah, York's great. It's such a great city. I, I've been down there a bunch of times, never never since I started stand-up. And I've never done stand-up there. But I, I used to, every time I went, I'd go to stand-up shows. Right. And just be blown away. Like, And every time you go there, you see something you never thought you'd see in your entire life. That's mm-hmm. the best part of it. And I think that the people who live there are probably bored with that sentiment. But, I mean, to us, it's... Oh, it's all new. I see the same shit every day. Did you go back to New York after L.A.? Or where'd you go after L.A.? I've been back and forth to New York a few times. Okay. Um, but this is because they tape a lot of the stuff out there for Comedy Central. So you go out there to do that. And knowing the city now, which was is good... Like I know where what trains to get on. It's not. I'm not shocked anymore by what I'm seeing. Yeah. Once you figure out that subway system, it is so easy to get around that city. Beautiful. You just jumping from place to place, no problem. Oh yeah. Everybody's got to go to New York or Chicago. I mean, there's so many great places in America to go, and there's so many bad ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have two provinces that you probably just want to stay away from. When do you come back to Canada? I came back to Canada in 2000. 2008? 2008? Yeah. And when's your big car accident? 2011. Okay, so you're here for a few years, grinding it out, and then yeah. boom. Yeah. That's, uh, that put you out for a while, eh? Yeah. 
Yeah, long time. Still, I wonder sometimes. I'm like, am I still out? Is it still? <laughs> Things are going great to that goddamn car accident. Yeah, everything changes you. Yeah, it's uh, that sucked. Yeah. I'm doing some road gig in Canada and end up getting a car accident. It changes your life. Being on your back for six months and, mm-hmm. and I had to do a bunch of physio and horse shit, you know. But I get yeah, honestly, like, I mean, people ask me why I came back all the time. I get asked that all the time and. I don't know. I was just done with it. I really felt like I was done with LA. I thought that anything I could do there, I could do here on my own. And I didn't want to read for any more terrible scripts. Yeah. I kept thinking if I can get myself to Toronto, I can start going down to New York and hit the Eastern seaboard and do the things that I'd like to do. Um, still get there. Right. I mean, this business never ends. It's a marathon. So unless you're ready to do it until you die, don't do it. Exactly. (laughs) Well, almost time for retirement. Yeah, 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 right. I'm 90. Can I check my pension? (laughs) (laughs) All the comics around the world laugh. (laughs) Oh, pension. (laughs) What is a savings account? Yeah, what? (laughs) Yeah, man, it's not an easy life, but it's a fun one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's... Fuck, there's nothing else I'd rather want to do. Right? I mean, all the ups and all the downs. That's the thing. So if you're ready for big swings, that's what it is. But I came back because of a girl. I didn't come back. I had met a girl from Saskatchewan on one of my road trips back. You know, if you go to the States as a Canadian comedian, you end up having to leave to make some money. Yeah, you come back here. Yeah, you do your tours up here. So I met this girl and and I fell in love with her and we ended up moving to Vancouver and uh, that ended poorly. They always end poorly. Very poorly. <laughs> yeah, my special lady friend, man. <laughs> yeah, so, and then that was it. And then Sammy and I moved uh, out to Toronto. That was... You came out here with Sammy? Yeah, moved in with the Hatter, the Mad Hatter and Paul Meyer Hogg. The... I never uh, I never lived in a um, communal comic situation. It's weird. Which I'm kind of glad I didn't. It's loud. There's everybody's up till four always. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I've been fortunate enough to be able to live on my own and stuff like that. Yeah. And have the responsibility driven India to keep it together bills wise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll all go away someday. Oh, oh you know, it, it's, it's weird coming, coming home and then just seeing two other comics eating the food that you're start, you're starving for and barely had enough money to pick up. <laughs> You want to talk about what happened at last comic or top comic last year? Sure. Yeah, you got uh, you felt a little. Uh... Well, I hate losing. Yeah, you hate losing. You're yeah. a, you're a, you're. A... I've never been a good loser, and I probably never will be. I probably be more conscious of. Do you think that's how I act. strained a few relationships with? Sure. The... Yeah. Sure, but in the end, I don't really give a shit. I mean, if they're if they're strained on their end, then what am I going to do about that? I can yeah, only like apologize if, so many times before you just go, I don't fucking care anymore. I don't know. If they don't want your talent, which yeah. should be shining through anyway. But that's, you know, but it's it's fine. You know, like it was a weird, I've heard worse stories of people popping off and still ending up with festival stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a permanent blight on my, on my career. I'm do not th- too worried about do it. Do you, uh, like, do you regret your actions? <laughs> Instantly, I did. Yeah, when you, yeah. When you, you act like an asshole, you usually yeah, do. You, you know? I, I, I've, I've seen you upset. You, uh, you do seem to have a hard time controlling your yeah. emotions. Yeah. <laughs> well, it all balls up, and where's it supposed to come? Come out my eyes like a <laughs> pussy? No, it comes out of my hands and my mouth. Like yeah. I, 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 See, that's I think visceral. that's a blessing for me because I, I, I haven't given sh- a shit about anything enough <laughs> to get angry. <laughs> Like, oh, well, that happened. Let's Buddy, go. I get the same kind of angry when I lose <laughs> at NHL hockey on PlayStation. <laughs> I just have never been good at it, ever. Yeah. I, I, I tried to recall after that moment, anytime I've handled a loss or 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 it's things going sideways on me in a in a good way, and it just never happened. So I'm trying not to. Just got to keep forging on, you know? Yeah, you got to try and be nicer to people, be conscious of that stuff. It's hard because, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I like to win. Uh, <laughs> you like to win, but you uh, spend a lot of time losing at chess. So much losing at chess. <laughs> so much losing at chess. Is this is a, chess is a passion for you, though, right? Well, it's more like um, you know, I wasn't a, just, I wasn't you, a you great student, and I just I want to not be super stupid my whole life. So you know, I get into my thirties, I start reading more because I don't want to be a big meathead my entire life, and I get into chess and. I learned that there's some really good chess players in comedy, it turns out. (laughs) 
really good players that just trash talk you and <laughs> really push all that. And that's it's just exactly chess is great for that. It's taught me how to lose with a little bit of grace. Well, that's a good thing. Keep playing. Because I play children all the time. <laughs> you can't call children cocksuckers. Otherwise, uh, people get upset, you know. All right. We'll start wrapping things up. Um, go. Gonna get a few drinks in us tonight, probably. We're gonna have some pops. You um, do you find that like our industry, we're always drinking. Yeah. You don't find it a problem for you, do you? No, I don't know anymore. Is this a trap? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, like I, I drink every day. Yeah. Well, we're also it's a cultural thing. Yeah, too, though, and it's do. half the times we have the places we're going. It's just free beer. That's how they get. They pay you to do open mic sets yeah, all yeah. the time. Do you want a couple beers? Well, yeah. I found uh, since I've been doing comedy and drinking every day, mm-hmm. I feel like I drink less. Right. Like I, because I, I don't. I don't wait for Friday night to just pour fifteen beers into my face. You know. I very rarely wake up pinned yeah. anymore. Right. Like, because I'll have a few and then go. Yeah. I once every go. couple months, I'm like, holy shit, did I get drunk last night? And you feel it, but yeah. Right. Yeah. We did the album release last week and I just, I got blotto. Mm-hmm. I drank and because I bought a bottle of scotch for it. Did, we did, you ever, uh, it. did you ever get into drugs when you were uh, like down in LA, all that shit? Not in LA. Uh, when I was, before I even went there, I went through all that stuff. I yeah. tried a little bit of everything, you know, except for the hard like heroin or whatever. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I didn't do anything. Didn't smoke crack. Didn't, didn't, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, tried the, tried the, the Yale and uh, tried, uh, you know, lots of pot, um, acid and some ecstasy and, None of that shit's my my game, you know. Mm-hmm. I like booze a lot. I like booze, I love smoking weed. Oh, it's great. Then they work together so well. And then one you dries some... your mouth out, and then the other one yeah. makes it wet and makes yeah. you happy too. And then you eat, eat a couple of grams of mushrooms, and you don't even know what's going on. And in then your none of the other two things even work anymore. You see mushrooms, and then you can drink gas. I just I drank think. thirty beers. I feel nothing. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. And then the mushrooms go away, and beer. <laughs> How long have you been a smoker? On and off, on yeah. and off and off. Like, I'll go off it for two years, go on for two years, uh, and since I was 20, I think. Do you ever find it affects your voice on stage? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Like, when, you, when you're when you on them. When, you, when you're drinking more, too, it gets more gravelly. Mm-hmm. <sighs> like, the bubbling of the, that's yeah, gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, I, and I, it ends up driving me nuts. I, like, well, maybe you should just clean this up. <laughs> Start some yoga or something. One, uh, one last thing here. Let's uh, do it. What is your opinion okay. of the state of the industry right now and the pussification of our entire society? Oh, wow. Uh, well, pussification is a good word for it. I've always thought that comedians inherently are extremely soft people. You have to be sensitive to do this business and to be funny, I think. And that comes along with having a great big giant heart and caring about things. So... <laughs> I like the softness, but I get tired of people complaining and, and people having points of view when no one gives a shit about their point of view. How long have you been doing this? Four years. Then who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. Just talk about yourself. Let's get past that first. And then when people start caring about who you are, then you can start sharing your opinions. Yeah. But I think you've garnered an opinion in 20 years. Yeah. After 20 years, you got to stay some. Otherwise, I mean, why are you doing this? If I start talking about, you know, my zipper and uh, the color purple or whatever, people are going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? It's just something mm-hmm. else. Please give yeah. us something a little deeper. But I mean, we see it night in and night out. People are just trying too hard to get to the big truths and they stop worrying about the important thing, which is just the giggles, man. We all want to just have a fucking laugh. Yeah. Make right? us laugh. Who doesn't want to? And you were you were saying to me uh, yesterday about uh, how you think like everyone right now is just ultra sensitive, so sensitive, man, and they should be, especially I mean over this well, last yeah, two, the, yeah, you know, the last month has been a really fucked up place. It's been outrageous, world. and and I think maybe it's good that the a lot of that has come to light. I, it's good, and obviously it's bad because people- the thing is, as our jobs, we should be the ones making light of that we're the reflection making yeah. the jokes yeah but we we tell the jokes and people are like you can't say that light like, up no the... we can say anything it's so hard to light up the darkness now everybody's blowing your candle out mm-hmm. you know they just want to stay in the darkness but that's you know it, it's the advent of the self thus the concerned cell phones and everybody <laughs> having their own opinions now <laughs> you know it's stupid people that have uh the world of 
knowledge at their fingertips and now they feel entitled to have these opinions and yeah. fuck them you know what i mean take your fedora off and quit waxing your beard and fucking <laughs> uh, read a book and get out there and feel humanity and stop pushing thumbs up and all that shit you know all right yeah let's well, go hunt people together fuck yeah man i think that wraps it up <laughs> uh, hey dude let's well thank, go bowling. thank you for doing this right and on. thanks for like you've always been a good influence for me since i uh cheers buddy started comedy and all that stuff took me under your wing and i appreciate that and i appreciate you being my first guest ever on the potato man. files and uh anything you got anything to plug anywhere you're gonna be uh, Where people can find you? I'm, I got a Western tour coming up. So if anybody's doing uh, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Abbotsford. Abbotsford. Yeah. Victoria. So coming up. And I uh, do Victoria in October. The new so. Yuck Yucks in Victoria. That's right. And uh, you got a website, handle, Twitter handle. Biz, uh RobPew underscore. And I got a new album out called Pugilist. So, and it's on iTunes and Google Play on July 15th. So check yeah, that just out. Just Google Rob Pew. You'll find anywhere he is uh thanks for coming rob and thank you all for listening this has been the first episode of the potato files uh come back because uh we're gonna have a lot of fun guests come through here take care never sleeps network This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Never Sleeps Network.